He is risen. So that I repeated that to myself and my wife pretty much every uh, every day this week uh, as my uh, teenage son woke up in the middle of the day. So that's that's what it's like. So if you're a teenager, you are. I am so glad you're here. Thank you so much for joining us. Thank you for waking up. Thank you for everyone for being here today. We love it. We appreciate you celebrating with us. Yeah, Easter really is a celebration of why any human being uh, can have can have hope, and why, uh, why any, any person can be connected with God, and I'm certainly grateful. This week was uh, full of a lot of uh, drama for me, but also a lot of celebration, and I am just full of gratitude. I mean, I, yesterday, I was, as I was getting ready for, for today, and just reflecting on the community, what God's been doing, uh, what, God, what we celebrate on Easter, I was filled with tears, tears of gratitude, and it's so fun to celebrate with you, be here with you today, so thank you so much for joining us. Uh, whether you're old or young or somewhere in between, whether you like to sleep a lot or don't, thanks again for coming uh, to join with us. So when I was um, in college, so a few years ago, when I was a teenager, this was at the end of my teenage years, so I was very wise, of course, I thought, in my own eyes. Uh, probably 19 years old, I was wandering the, the dorm halls, not getting sleep at 2 a.m. in the morning, and some guy comes out, this is during Holy Week, this was like on Good Friday, and he comes out, and I couldn't tell whether he was really drunk or really tired, or really both. But he said to me, he's like, why do you guys just make a big deal about this guy dying? And, and then he just wandered back and just was like, wait, did, did I get a chance to, to answer the question or not? I don't, what's going on? A lot of people, and a lot of the conversations I've had with people, they're very confused about the resurrection. I mean, even even the disciples, I was reading this week in Matthew, the disciples themselves saw Jesus standing right in front of them, and they doubted. They had some issues with this resurrection thing. It was a kind of a weird, weird, uh, weird situation, not something you uh, hear about a lot. And I think for many people today, the, the relevance, whether it happened or not, the relevance of the resurrection, something that happened over 2,000 years ago, is, is lost. So let me ask you a question. So as we celebrate the resurrection today on Easter, which many of us do, and many, maybe perhaps you do every year, uh, have you ever thought about why the resurrection might be relevant to your life, say, on a Tuesday morning in the middle of July? Has that, has that ever thought ever kind of passed by? Like, what is the relevance of this, this event that happened a long time ago? Is this something that we talk about once a year, or is there, is there more to it than that? I mean, you might be thinking of uh, other more relevant issues, like my conversation with my friends. Today, I mean, there's certainly a myriad of issues that we can talk about, like mass shootings, crime, violence, uh, climate change. We could talk about addictions, political instability. Uh, you know, all these big issues that seem more relevant than something that happened 2,000 years ago. I mean, what's, what's, why is that relevant to my life, we might ask. And, and really, it's, it's, a, it's a fair question. I mean, there's, there's really, even some of the things I've been going through this week, there's really a million and one reasons why you could be hopeless about life. I... I for us, one of the things that's been going on this week, and I want to say hi to my wife who's home sick. She's been sick for like two, on, going on her third week here. It is the longest stretch of time that we've experienced of her being sick. And so it's easy to let that hopelessness kind of set in depending on your situation, whether it's trauma or whatever. But it's often hard to think about all these big world issues when you're thinking, well, I'm just trying to deal with my own sickness or my, the stress in my own life is, is enough to deal with, let alone all these other world world issues. You know, I, I would see as, as many people, I think many people here, most of us, maybe not everyone, 
would associate themselves with the Christian faith in some way, whether you consider yourself a disciple of Jesus or not. And uh, that, that Monday to Saturday kind of life, the, the, that question is, I think, a relevant one for today. How does the resurrection really make itself relevant in the day-to-day life, outside of a celebration, which is completely joyful, I'm full of gratitude, but how does that make its way into my own, the details of my own life? So what I want to do is briefly just share with you some of the select writings of people who lived with Jesus, these eyewitnesses, these people who experienced the resurrection life of Jesus firsthand and see what they have to do it, have to say about it so that we can then turn around and say, well, maybe that's something we can do with our own life. So we've been in a sermon series. It's been called The Mystique of Holy Week. And we end this, uh, this sermon series talking about the relevance of the resurrection. So let's pray, and then what I want to do is just march us through a few of these writings, which I think would be really helpful for us as we consider how this might be relevant for each of our lives uh, today. So, um, Holy Spirit, thank you for your holy presence. Thank you for uh, the joy and the celebration that, that we get to experience today. Thank you for your pre- Thank you for your healing power. Thank you for what you did in, in Jess's life and her story and what you're doing in our family. And thank you for... Uh, just the reality of your kingdom. And I pray today that anyone who's experiencing kind of a Good Friday kind of life where the disappointments, uh, the hopelessness, maybe past trauma is kind of eating away at the hope that you would restore that which is lost. And today in your presence and by the power of your word that you would bring resurrection life back again. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. All right. Okay, so first scripture in the kind of the primary. Let's look at the story. Uh, we've, many of us have read it many times, but it's good to get a, some fresh eyes. So it's from the Gospel of Matthew. Matthew it was a tax collector. He uh, was raking people for money. He was partnering with the Roman oppressors that oppressed God's people. And uh, his life, meeting Jesus, his life was completely transformed. And he wrote an account uh, as he gathered information and experienced the life that Jesus had for him himself in this account. So uh, what, we're, what we're just about to read here is right after Jesus' public execution on the cross, uh, Joseph of Arimathea, um, uh, he took the body, he went to Pontius Pilate, who was ruling from like 26 AD to 36 AD during that time. And he asked him for permission. And he had built a tomb for himself, or he had it built, and he was, that he was going to live in himself once he had or die in or live in after he had, he'd be dead in, uh, however you say it. Yeah, he put his dead self in there, or somebody else would put his dead self in there. And uh, he, he asked permission to remove Jesus' body and put, a, put him in the tomb. So they rode, rolled the huge stone that we sing about in front, and um, it, was, it was sealed. So the, uh, the Pharisees, the teachers, the priests, all of those guys who were really hearing all these rumors that Jesus was going to say, he was saying it himself, he was going to rise again. They put their best security detail, the Roman Empire, they put their guards there, and actually ended up working to the credibility of the resurrection itself, making it even more impossible that something could have happened like stealing the body, uh, which is kind of an interesting thing if you think, have you guys ever seen Weekend at Bernie's, that movie? You know, like, if you really did steal the body, it'd be like, hey, see, I had everybody, Jesus. I mean, it's kind of a weird picture. I mean, it wouldn't really work, would it? So that's what they're saying happened, but, you know, it's a little bit of a stretch. Anyway, so nobody really, the idea was nobody 
Nobody, not even his closest disciples, not even his, his mother, not even Mary, uh, any of the disciples, the 12, believed that he was going to come back. And so here we are at Matthew 28, and we see the women who are going to just uh, mourn. So let's, let's take a look. If you want to follow along with me uh, in your Bibles, you can, or, but I'm going to post it up here for you. Matthew 28. So after the Sabbath... So this after, uh, after Saturday, at dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary, who would be uh, his mom, uh, went to look at the tomb. So this is a mor- they're part of the morning. Other accounts, you know, they're bringing spices and things to embalm the body. So they're going with the intent to mourn. But there was a violent earthquake, for an angel of the Lord came down from heaven and going to the tomb, rolled back the stone and sat on it. His appearance was like lightning, and his clothes were as white as snow. The guards were so afraid of him that they shook and became like dead men. The angel said to the woman, Do not be afraid, for I know that you are looking for Jesus, who was crucified. He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. Come and see the place where he lay. Then go quickly and tell his disciples, He has risen from the dead and is going ahead of you into Galilee. There you will see him. Now I've told you. So the women hurried away from the tomb, afraid, yet filled with joy, and ran to tell his disciples. Suddenly, Jesus met them. Greetings, he said. They came to him, clasped his feet, and worshipped him. Then Jesus said to them, do not be afraid. Go and tell my brothers to Galilee, to go to Galilee, and there they will see me. I mean, could you imagine the emotions that these two women were going through? Imagine the, your best friend, your, close, your son, has died. And in the most embarrassing kind of way you possibly could, excruciating. You had this hope that was, existed, the, the movement, the Jesus people movement, the Jesus revolution had come to an end. Everything was, everything was lost. And then you come to the tomb and find, wait, what's, then there's a confusion, like what is happening here? And then there's angel and angels or angels happening and, I mean, the fear, I mean, they were going through almost every emotion. And so if you could put, if you're a very feeling kind of person, maybe you can put yourself in their position. So they would go through, they went through all of those, hopelessness, stress, fear, confusion. But here's the thing. So here's, here's what we sing about, and here's the, ba- the why the, re- the resurrection is relevant. Is I want to give you two, two big ideas here. But in the midst of your stress, whatever it is, in the midst of your trauma, in the midst of your confusion, See, the resurrection gives us hope. The, the resurrection gives us hope for life after death. And that is the first thing that we see that's very clear just from surface level reading. Let's look at Matthew 27. So this references the moment that Jesus died on the cross. And it says this. So at the moment, the curtain of the temple was torn in two. So, but Matthew is kind of fusing together in an interesting kind of way. The death and then his resurrection right after. So uh, the curtain of the temple is torn in two from top to bottom. The earth shook, the rocks split, and the tombs broke open. The bodies of many holy people who had died were raised to life. Wait a second. That is, I mean, I, I've read the Bible several times. I missed over that. Wait, wait a second. There are people who had come out. So they came out of the tombs after Jesus' resurrection, it said, and they went into the holy city and appeared to many people. I mean, how weird would that be? Like, you're just going about your business, 
And, you know, it's not like, you know, The Walking Dead. No, like, like these guys. I would, thought it was like these zombies kind of coming out of their tomb. But no, they're, they're alive. They're alive. And you come up and like, hey, Amos, surprised to see you. Uh, I mean, what do you say in a situation like that? I mean, that would be weird. But the hope that we have in the resurrection is what happens here is that not only is Jesus resurrected, but one day there is hope that one day we too, our physical bodies will be redeemed. And so when we listen to these stories of breakthrough, like healings and, uh, you know, there's varying degrees of healings, right? They're significant. We've, I've seen people healed of cancer, you know, and I've heard there's various reports of actual resurrections happening in different places of the world. But something like Jess shared where there's, there's a pain in your neck or there's something that happened to your ankle. Those are all just little signs, gracelets, charis, like God, that's the, word, the Greek word for, for grace, these little kind of drippings of grace that point toward this greater grace of future resurrection. And so the future resurrection that we're each going to experience is not just some disembodied experience in, in some, the heavenly realms. No, yes, we will, and we do are seated with Christ in the heavenly realms, but it's going to be an embodied physical experience. So our soul, our physical body is going to be resurrected again just as they were here, and that is the hope that each of us have. Really, there is no greater miracle. What is a greater miracle than overcoming death? I can't think of one. Overcoming death is perhaps the greatest miracle that could, could ever, exist, ever, ever exist. And the reasons that the scriptures tell us why death exists are humans. Humans weren't intended to originally die. They were meant, as I think Ben had referenced it earlier, we were meant to walk in the Garden of Eden with, with Jesus, with God, with the Holy Trinity forever. But then sin entered, and sin is what causes death. So the Apostle Paul, uh, he encountered the resurrected Jesus on the road to Damascus. This is what he writes in Romans 6.23. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So Jesus made a way for sin and death. Through his death and through his resurrection, he made a way that we could overcome sin and death itself. And so this is a problem. I mean, there's there's a lot of relevant solutions, and I believe you know, a lot of what humans are doing is part of God's redemptive plan. But there is no country, there is no person, there is no, there is no religion, there is no kind of technology that can overcome the problem of sin and death that Jesus had. Not even chat GPT-4 can help us overcome the problem of death. Jesus helps us overcome the problem of death. And the Apostle John said it this way. John eleven twenty five. Jesus said, and he's speaking about around the time of Lazarus, right before he rose Lazarus from the dead, uh, speaking with Martha. He said, I am the resurrection and the life. No one who believes in me will live even though they might die. And so we can have confidence in a hope, a real hope in a future resurrection because there is an actual resurrection that happened. So we're not talking about science fiction here. We're not talking about cryogenically freezing our bodies so that at 2,324, know, we can then be revived again and kind of live. Or we're not talking about you know, uploading our consciousness into the neural network on the cloud so that one day we can live you know, prancing along the internet uh, in, some, in some odd kind of mysterious ethereal way. No, this is an actual physical restoration that happens because Jesus did it. The inevitable sickness and death that takes us all that's the one thing is guaranteed. We're all going to die and we're all going to experience desperation is promised to us. So there is a promise here for future life. And that resurrection is a past event 
that brings hope for tomorrow. But number two, it brings hope for today as well. So the apostle Peter, so he, he ran to the tomb. Another account says he ate and talked with Jesus. Jesus restored him his incredible story of redemption for himself. This is what he says he wrote in one of his letters to, to the people of God. First Peter 1.3 says this. He says, Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy he has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And so this hope we have is a living hope. You see, it's something that's based on an actual, something that actually happened that we can have living within us. And so the, that question is, are we living with that resurrection life? So Monday, tomorrow... Tuesday through Saturday, or even Sunday, every day, do we actually have this resurrection hope living within us today? That's the promise, and that's what Jesus gave as he promised to his, his disciples. So you might be thinking, well, Jesus isn't here, right? He's bought, the body of Jesus is no longer here, so how does that help me? Okay, so John, the beloved disciple, right before he died, John wrote this. This is what Jesus said. And it was the gift. There's the gift that he promised that would make this possible. Okay, so let's look at that. John 14. This is what Jesus said. His last words, uh, his set of last words right before he, uh, he, he was crucified. He said, if you love me, keep my commands. I will ask the Father, and he will give you another advocate to help you and be with you forever. The spirit of truth. The world cannot accept him because it neither sees him nor knows him. But you know him, for he lives in you and will be in you. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Before long, the world won't see me anymore, but you will see me. Because I live, you also will live. And on that day, you will realize that I am in the Father, and you are in me, and that I am in you. You see, the living hope we have in Jesus becomes real. It becomes tangible. It becomes a... Monday through Sunday, or Sunday through Monday, kind of life through the presence of the Holy Spirit that God promised. That when Jesus rose again, he said he would send a gift. He would send on his behalf so that now, within our physical bodies, the very tangible presence of God would live within us and bring to life the resurrection that he promised. And the Holy Spirit fills us with hope. This is what Romans 15, 13 says. And this is a blessing. And this is my prayer for each and every one of us. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace as you trust in him so that you may overflow with hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, when is hope needed? Hope is only needed in the face of death and desperation. And, you know, like I said, desperation, death are inevitable for all of us. But when we're living within the power of the resurrection life of the Spirit by the power, by the power of, of the resurrection... Our greatest, our greatest triumphs in life often follow the greatest trials that we have. I've heard him describe it as like this. It's like two parallel uh, train tracks. There's the, there's the trials that we have and then the triumphs. And what the resurrection life of Jesus offers us is ability to see and experience God's very precious presence in the midst of the most difficult things that we go through. And let me tell you this, uh, this past week, uh, it's weird, leading, uh, for whatever reason, leading up to Easter or big events or times of prayer when I feel like God's calling me or us to do something, I experience a, a, weird things start happening. So this week, not only has Jess been sick for a few weeks, but we just discovered this past week that, so we had planned on spring break to take a day out and go visit the city to take Jess's engagement ring, which is like the most expensive thing that we own, 
I mean, we don't want a lot of expensive things. But I had a heart attack on 8th and Chestnut Street when I bought it back in 2002 because I had never spent more money. It wasn't even that much. I mean, it's like faster salary. I was a teacher at the time. But anyway, it had it broke. We had planned to take it into the city. And we realized we went in, and it was, it was gone. And we're pretty certain we realized what happened. Someone who had invited into our house to do some work had taken that, and it was just not there anymore. And so it was demoralized. And so Jess, Jess, I love you. I'm so sorry you're home listening to this. But, you know, just like one of those kind of like, uh, and with, with tears and kind of like sense of like, man, what is, what is going on here? Um, but it's one of those experiences where we, we looked at each other, but there was a sense of in the midst of all of that, there was like a hope that we knew, we had, and we had people praying for us too, that there are good things coming for our family and there are good things coming for our church. And I, and I know some of you are going through some very difficult times. I mean, some of you have been dealing with sicknesses. Some of you have been dealing with issues with your children, with the youth. Some of you have been dealing with really stressful situations and confusion at work, wherever you are. But there is a promise within this, this resurrection life that your greatest trials often come precede some of your, your greatest triumphs, that God wants to bring that res- resurrection life into us. And that, I believe that's a promise that he has for each and every one of us today as we trust in him. So I know if you're there, I am right there with you. And we, we have this hope as we sing. We have this hope in Jesus Christ that there is real resurrection. And my friends, I wish I could tell you. I wish I could say, hey, if you just believe in Jesus, if you just had enough faith, right, then, then all your problems would go away. But that, that's a prosperity. That, that's not the way it really works, does it? It doesn't really work, work that way. But what we do know is that in the midst of, of every trial, in the midst of every tribulation, in the midst of every problem and pain, there is a promise that the resurrection life of Jesus, that the hope that he offers, that the peace, that the joy, and the love, the fruit of the Spirit, that his very dear and precious presence will carry you in the midst of that. And that's the promise that that we see in Psalm 23, that although we walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we will fear no evil. Why? because he is with us. His presence, his very precious presence is with us because Jesus is not dead. He's actually alive. And so he can be with us and walk with us through the power of the spirit in all of that. And so that same hope that John had, that Matthew had, that Paul had, that same hope we can live and access today because he rose again. And so the resurrection of Jesus is not only a hope for a future reality, a future promise, but it is hope and reality for today. And so there's a mystery to it. And I love that song that we sing, too, that Ben wrote. It is. It's a, it's a mystery. Why is there sometimes inbreaking of the kingdom? And there's varying degrees. We see answered prayers, and then sometimes we don't see answered prayers. And there are no, there's no script for why that is, and there's much beyond that we don't understand. But we do see there is a now and the not yet of the kingdom. In other words, there, the kingdom, because of the death and resurrection of Jesus, is breaking in, and we get to see the reality of God's kingdom coming. But there are times when we don't see the kingdom at hand. In other words, the kingdom has not yet been fully realized and won't be until Jesus comes back again. But what we do know that the resurrection gives real hope for not only life after death, but for today. If you're diseased, there's hope in the resurrection. There's hope for those who are depressed. There's hope for you if you're feeling guilty and condemned. There's hope in the resurrection for you who are feeling 
hopeless about your job situation. People who are feeling lonely or purposeless can find hope in what Jesus offers. Those who are struggling in their marriages, those who have wayward children, those who are suffering from childhood wounds, there is hope in the resurrection. There is hope that Jesus offers each and every one of us. There's hope even for teenagers. And let me tell you, I, um, I had this... So <laughs> you can just imagine, just a moment, imagine, just think of that thing that's in your life, the greatest pain that you've ever had, the greatest trial. What if the resurrection life of Jesus was, was real and that he could take the greatest pain that you've ever experienced and turn it into your greatest triumph? Like I've heard it said, it's Friday. Have you heard this phrase? It's Friday, but Sunday's coming. This is the promise that we have. You know, um, it, this was last year, so it was about a year ago. One of the most deathly experiences I had emotionally was with my teenage, <laughs> teenage daughter. And teenagers, I love you very much, by the way. You know that. I, I'm not busting on you. I was a teenager once, so I know what it's like. But it was, it was really, uh, it was kind of the thought, I don't know if you've ever been in that place that was dark, so that you just like, I just don't want to feel this anymore, any longer. Um, and when talk about the valley of the shadow of death, it was there. And I just spoke with her this week. And it, it is the resurrection life of Jesus that is in her. And what God had done to bring resurrection life is one of the most amazing miracles I have ever seen. And I know that if God can do it in my life, he can do it in yours. He did it once and he can do it again. And God, this is just one of many stories, just the small, infinitesimally small slices of this resurrection life and the hope and promise that we have in Jesus, that there is this continual inbreaking. And so the resurrection means that we now can experience God's kingdom breaking in to our day-to-day lives every day. So I want to extend a couple invitations to you, okay? If you want to lean into the resurrection life as we finish out, we're going to sing in just a moment here. But we have, um, so starting next week, we're going to be starting a new sermon series, um, and that sermon series is called, is called Empowered. And what it, the, the idea behind the sermon series is, it's about living the life in the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to explore why the Holy Spirit might be relevant and how this resurrection life impacts the way that we go about our day-to-day activities. And I'm really excited if, you, if you'd be interested in learning more, leaning into this resurrection life, maybe a Holy Spirit, uh, you're, you love the Holy Spirit, maybe you don't know a lot, but this is going to be a fun time where we actually uh, learn what the Holy Spirit's doing and put it into practice. And listen, one of, the, one of the most exciting things for me in my walk with God is learning how to partner with the Holy Spirit. And so we're going to be doing this not only in small groups, but on Sunday services and coming together. So I invite you to join us next week, and that'll lead all up to Pentecost Sunday. Um, when we'll, um, we'll, we'll be celebrating that as well. Okay, and then secondly, if you are feeling this tug to begin life with Jesus, so in two weeks from now, we're gonna be having a, a class, a baptism class, to help you understand more about how you can begin this new life with Jesus. So if you're not yet to be baptized, but you're curious about how you can start new life with Jesus, come to the class, and we'll share a little bit more and help you go in depth, and I'd love to talk to you about that. In fact, if you feel like there's a stirring in your heart to engage with Jesus on a deeper level, you know, make a note on the connect card. We'd love to connect with you and help you understand more about what that life is. I want to finish with this one scripture. This is how First Peter puts it, he, or uh, Peter puts it in his letter, First Peter 3.21. He says this, 
And there's water, and he's kind of talking about this symbolic way of water symbolizing baptism. And this water symbolizes baptism and now saves you also, not the removal of dirt from the body, but the pledge of a clear conscience towards God. It saves you by the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So for some, you're here, and there might be a conviction, a stirring in your heart. I need Jesus to save me. I need Jesus to save me from the trauma that I've experienced. I need Jesus to save me from the depression that I'm experiencing in my life. I need Jesus to save me from a purposelessness that I've tried to define for myself, the hopelessness that kind of dominates the Monday through Saturday or Sunday kind of living. And we can invite him by the power of the Spirit, and we're going to do that right now. We're going to invite him. So I'd like you to pray with me, perhaps for the first time, but also no matter what that is that you're going through now, the resurrection life and the promise of the resurrection is available for us today. So let's pray. You can just pray something like this. God, just personally, and then I want to pray a blessing over you. God, I'm, I'm, I am hopeless without you. I'm stuck. I'm feeling stuck in my attitudes or my behaviors. I, I'm, there's just a draining happening in my soul. And thank you for making a way for me. Thank you, Jesus, for making things right again through your death and resurrection. And I pray that you would breathe life, breathe life into me again. Fill me with your spirit. Empower me to live the life that that you intend. And God, I ask that anyone feeling hopeless today, no matter where they are in their walk with you, that there would be a, a restoration of hope again that would be rooted in the very real resurrection that, that, you, that happened over 2,000 years ago.